0: this is Chris Sorensen. Welcome to Brookville Road Community Church Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to check out our website at brookvilleroad.cc for all the latest information about what's going on at Community Church. I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in becoming a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. I think about where we're at and what's going on in our nation as you do, and I just feel like we're plunging deeper and deeper Into despair and discouragement. And I I don't think that it's all due to a virus or even social unrest. Personally, I think what's going on is uh, we are reaping the fruit of pushing away from God and His standards. Uh, that's that's the reason I think we feel the kind of tension and, and just kind of shaking in our lives that that's going on. Not just simply these kinds of things that are going on with virus and, and violence and those kinds of things. We we are increasingly post-Christian as a nation. You you can't remove God from the equation and not expect things to kind of fall apart, right? You can, you can't tell generations of people. That they accidentally evolved from apes and not expect that to affect their morality. You, you, you can't, you can't say that, you know, what's good is relative. What's, what's true is just, you know, up to whomever, however, and, and then not expect consequences. If you ignore that there is right and there's wrong, you can't sweep the truth of scripture under the rug and leave it to a mob of people or popular opinion to what's going on and what they say is good and right and true in the moment, because it's always going to be changing. You you can't just simply uh, adopt the morals of, of your culture that you're in, attach it to Christianity and not expect there to be some negative ramifications. That, by the way, is called syncretism, where we just start Adopting other things into who we say we are and, and we're gonna move in all these different directions. You can't do that kind of thing. And I know it's done out of this idea nowadays of love. Let's just love everybody and love every religion and love every thought and everything that is done and we'll just keep adding it to Christianity. You can't do that and not have consequences and problems. And it seems like no, I'm ranting. I'm an old man now. Uh, it seems like the envelope just keeps getting pushed, pushed, pushed. And, and the latest kind of thing is people choosing whatever identity that they want to have. Like, like I, I'm going to go ahead and just say, God screwed up, and I'm going to find my own identity. And, and I'll define what that is. And I think, for me personally, I just believe Christianity is the only, only identity that's received, not achieved, And so other people want to try to achieve their identity. And so they'll label themselves some way and scream at others when they're not accepting what label they've attached themselves. And all of this kind of thing, it just, we push further and further away from standards. We push further and further away from God. With every single generation, those absolutes, the truth is being ignored. We cannot ignore God. We cannot ignore God or think that he is ours to kind of manipulate and create in our own image, to to ignore that he is holy, that he alone is just, to ignore the fact that one day every single person will stand before this holy, righteous, just, awesome, loving, wrath-filled God in judgment. To ignore that, we do it at our peril. We cannot push God to the margins and think that this world will not be shaken and get darker and God has given us His word as a standard so that we might know what meaning is so that we might know what the meaning of life is and so what we have in a, in a culture with just crumbling foundations in the middle of a a health crisis, pandemic, economic instability, social unrest, and confusion over what's true, what we have is discouragement. People don't know what to do. And so we're just filled with distrust and fear and anxiety and depression, grief over what we've lost. Add to that. Add to that spiritual foundations that just kind of crumble around us. They begin to erode, and the atmosphere is filled with fear and confusion and discouragement. And I think what we're experiencing is what Psalm 82, verse 5 says They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness, all the foundations of the earth are shaken. I think that's where we're at. I think that's what's happening. Now, I know I've painted a very, very bleak picture. And I know that you didn't come to church today to be reminded how negative things are or to be brought down and to be more discouraged. You could have stayed home and read Facebook for that. I believe that God has not called us to a place of discouragement, but to encouragement. And so from here, I I hope to kind of turn our hearts a little bit from this place of, yeah, this is negative and this stinks. And for us to lift our eyes once again to the God of this universe, and we would invite him into our lives as a local body of Christ, as individuals gathered in this room, gathered online, people who are, are hearing this right now, and once again be encouraged by a God who is sitting on the throne, and he is not shaken. And he lives in unapproachable light. And that is our God. And I believe that he has encouragement for us today. So we can turn our frown upside down. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter four. 2 Corinthians chapter four. Uh, we're gonna talk about encouragement. Uh, we're gonna talk about courage. Uh, I'm calling this Contagious Courage, this little series that we're doing. I'm gonna be in 2 Corinthians chapter four and five. Uh, Pastor Andy and Micaiah are gonna come and they're gonna give us some different views of courage in our lives. Now, what we're doing today is we're talking about being courageous and being authentic in just shining the light of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. So we're in 2 Corinthians 4, and really verse 6, we're just going to do seven verses. Verse 6 is kind of our theme verse that we're hanging on to here, where it says this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Now, anybody here ever been in a cave before? Ever been in a cave? Uh, Maybe those of you online, if you've been to a cave, maybe you can tell us uh, that you were and and maybe where you went. Maybe uh, what cave it was or what state you were in. You can put that in the comments if you have the opportunity to do that. Uh, I've been in caves before. uh, When our family would take trips, we'd be driving and we'd see signs on the side of the road like cave just... This exit. So we would get off and we'd just randomly go into a cave. And I enjoyed doing that as a kid. And uh, I took Shelby to, we took Shelby to Mammoth Cave. Maybe you've been there before. That was a great trip. If you've ever gone into these caves and, and the lights go out in that cave, you know how dark, dark can be. Uh, and if you're in a cave where all the lights go out, you wanna be the one selling flashlights at that moment because it is pitch dark. And And it's amazing how just a little bit of light in that darkness begins to really change the landscape of what's happening in that room. And I think what's happening now in where we're at in this world where God has placed us in history is we do have darkness around us, but that darkness is now providing a greater opportunity for Jesus Christ to draw people to himself. It's much more obvious where the light and life is coming from when everything is as dark as it is right now. And this is what the prophet Isaiah talked about. When Jesus would come into this world, uh, he said this, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And in the region of the shadow of death, on them, light has dawned. So what was happening was, when God made mankind, we decided we would just go ahead and rebel against him, do our own thing. And when that happened, death came into the world. Darkness came into the world. We were separated from God. There was a heavy weight oppressing mankind with no hope. And then God, in the fullness of time, sends his son, the only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who is God, born of a virgin, comes to earth. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. What you have been waiting for in the middle of your darkness is me. I've come to bring peace and light and hope and life and courage to your souls once again so that you might be in reconciled relationship with the God who made you and created you. Now, I believe that Jesus Christ is still shining today and shining through his people. So how is it That you and I can carry the light of life, Jesus Christ, into this dark world with courage, giving some hope and courage to those around us. How can we make that contagious? Well, if we're going to courageously let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us authentically, the first thing I would say is we need to remain positive in a negative world. We need to remain positive in a negative world. So if we're going to courageously shine the light of Christ, remaining positive, especially right now, is going to stand in sharp contrast to what's going on in our world. It seems that everything is negative. Again, all you have to do, open up Facebook, start reading, and, and you begin to see you know, tribalism. You begin to see people who are, are arguing with one another, people who are easily offended, people not listening with one another, having conversations with one another. Uh, and I would just encourage you, uh, if you're on Facebook and you think you're going to change somebody's mind by uh, inflammatory language or or taking shots at them, you're not. You need to stop it. Let's remain positive in a negative world. Like if you can have some great dialogue with people, which is rare anymore, where you can actually debate and and use logic and truth and and science and, and testimony, and you can have a civil conversation, go for it. If you have somebody who's not listening to you, do not throw your pearls before them. You're wasting your time. You're not gonna win the argument. You can show love. We can be positive in an increasingly negative world. Verse 1. Man, it took a long time to get there. Sorry about that. Uh, Saint Corinthians 4, verse 1. Therefore, and we're going to come back to the therefore in a moment. Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose what? Heart. We do not lose heart. So to be discouraged is to extinguish the courage. It is to be disheartened. It is to lose confidence. To have courage means to encourage, to have courage once again. And it's easy for us to get discouraged with everything that's going around us. It's becoming increasingly dark. We all sense it. We all. Feel that. It's easy to be discouraged when you have all of these negative things that are going on. We get discouraged when we hear about the virus. We get discouraged when we see violence on anybody. We get discouraged when, man, we just watch the political soap opera that's beginning to spin up once again. We get discouraged because we got our own problems. We got our own stuff that we're going through and we're just trying to endure. And it's very, very easy to become miserable. But as Christians, we can choose we can choose, once again, to be optimistic. We can choose to be positive in the midst of all of the negative experiences that are going around us. So Paul writes, therefore, and he goes on, and then he says, we do not lose heart. Now that word therefore points to the, the things he's already said in Second Corinthians. Therefore, uh, since we have confidence in Christ, not ourselves. Therefore, since we're saved by grace, Not by the law. Therefore, since we are developing a deeper character through him and not just simply by impressing other people, therefore, since we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We remain positive. We don't lose heart. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore what's negative. It doesn't mean that we kind of bury our head in the sand or become Pollyanna and we just pretend that nothing is wrong and nothing is ever negative. But it does mean you and I can choose not to lose heart, but to be encouraged in a negative world around us. And we're just reminded, Jesus warned us that things in this life, life, would it would get worse and worse. There would be challenging moments. He, he's told us before, he just said, look, the one who's in you, is greater than he that's in the world. In other words, the spirit of God on the inside of you is greater than Satan and all of the enemies and all of the things that begin to push in on you. Greater is the spirit of God in you. Jesus said, I will build my church. You don't need to worry about it. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He told us, in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, take heart. Then what does he say? I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Be encouraged. You can choose to do that. Remember the apostle Paul with Silas. They, they were arrested. They were shackled. They were chained up. And then they were shoved into this dark, dingy dungeon in Philippi. And while they're in that dungeon, in the dark, they did not despair and they did not become discouraged. They began to sing praise. And they began to Pray. Which I think is one of the best things that we can do, in the middle of our despair and discouragement. I'm, 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 I'm just like Pastor Seth said. I just missed being in worship and lifting my voice in praise with my church family. My soul needs it. I long for that kind of thing. It begins to to lighten my heart and lighten the atmosphere. So here's Paul and Silas and they're, they're getting their praise on in in that dungeon. And then what happens? Like the whole thing begins to shake. There's this earthquake and, and the jail cells, they pop open. And the jailer who was in charge there, ultimately he ends up giving his life to Jesus Christ and he's baptized. Right. That's an example of us taking the kind of atmosphere that we're in and just feels like, man, I feel like I'm in prison in this house or behind this mask or whatever it might be. And it feels like just the weight of this world and everything around me just seems so chaotic. And where are we going and what's happening in the middle of that? If you and I as believers in Christ will allow the spirit of God in us who is greater than he that's in this world and we begin to lift our voice in praise and glory to God. The atmosphere changes in our heart and it changes in our room. And I believe that it can change our world. But that's our choice. That's, we have to remember to do that. If we're going to let the light of Christ shine in this dark world, we can't lose heart. I'm here to encourage you today. Don't lose heart. And I recognize that, that right now, one of the things that, that people are wondering, like, what is happening in history? Like like what page or chapter of the book of Revelation are we in right now? Have you seen that? Have you seen some of the, like, we, we don't know what's going on? When, when is the mark of the beast coming? When When is the Antichrist going to raise up? When When is the church going to be persecuted? When are they going to take all of my money away so that I starve in my home? And when are they going to come and, and begin to raid buildings and say, deny Christ or die? I don't know when that's going to happen. But one thing I do know, because when you get to the end of the book, it's really, I mean, man, he's already given us the end. We know that the victory is ours. Have you Have seen like in the Bible, Satan's just kind of you know, bowling up against God all the time and he's going to like have a great big old war against God, but he's never done it. Do you know why he's never gone to war with God? He's already lost and he knows he will lose that war. So what has he done? What has he done from the beginning of time? He begins to attack God's people, God's children. And that's a real thing. But here's the deal. When we have Christ in us, the worst that the enemy can do to us is expedite our glory. That's it. What you got? You're gonna kill me and take me out? I'll go to glory. Thank you. Nothing to fear. Nothing. Friend, be encouraged. Your hope is in Christ. It has never been in this world or your job or your hopes and your dreams that one day you'll get married and you'll have children. It has never been in that. Your hope, your everlasting hope is in Jesus. And when you get to that place, now you can start redirecting your heart and your mind. And we can be positive in a negative world. I got God. I know Jesus Christ. The spirit of the living God is in me. You and I can be positive in a negative world. Second thing, if we're gonna courageously let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us, we need to demonstrate integrity in a deceptive world. Everywhere around us, we begin to wonder what's true. Who's telling the truth? Right? I mean, do do I believe what was just posted here? Do I wear a mask or not wear a mask? Is this person telling the truth? Because if I follow this thread, it seems like they're telling the truth, but it looks like this person over here is lying. And so everything just seems to begin to crumble and we begin wondering who is there who is actually gonna tell us the truth? Who can we believe? What is going on? Everything is deceptive. Everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's kind of doing the spin. That's not us. Verse two. But we have renounced disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. From the very beginning, Satan has been uh, using deception to get his way. He's a very crafty liar, he is deceptive, he is a manipulator who as uh, himself, you know, disguises himself as an angel of light. He'll he'll bring along things that look and appear to be good, like look, this is a loving thing. Why don't you just accept everything and everyone and not contend for the truth because that would make you wrong and you don't want to be in that position. So you go ahead and just adopt everything. It looks good. It sounds good. It's deceptive. If we don't contend for the truth, he is deceptive. He is a liar. We see it started with him. It didn't end with him. We see deception in politics. We see deception in the business world. Unfortunately, we see deception in church world. We have seen church leaders who are wolves in sheep's clothing. People who, who will say that they are standing for Christ, but they have nothing to do with Christ. They, they don't want to share the truth of God's word with others. We have seen those in, in, in the spiritual realm who are hirelings. They just come along and they're, they're looking to, to skim off the body of Christ rather than submit themselves in service to God's people, to his service. They're looking to get and to receive and to take rather than to glorify Jesus Christ. It is deceptive. And if the light of Jesus Christ is going to shine through us, we need to renounce shameful, secret ways that are shameful. And we, we are to be people of complete integrity. And because of the lack of integrity that's going on in the world, people will look especially at church leaders and we're going to have to remain well above reproach, having such high integrity that when others look on that they would be ashamed if they were to say they're doing wrong. This is what Peter said in First Peter. He says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles. That's people who don't know Jesus. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So we have to remain above reproach, especially your leaders in the church. And in the church, we need to be above reproach. We need to be honest. I'm telling you, it's so much easier now than any time before in the history of this world to stand out as light for Christ. If you do what you say you'll do, if you follow through, if you're responsible, man, I mean, that's that's amazing. You put in a full day's work? You're kidding me. You're responsible, you're ethical, that kind of thing is so rare. People sit up and they take notice, like, that person showed up on time. They did what they said they were going to do. If you will let your yes be yes and your no be no, if you'll show up to work on time when others come in late, if you'll pay your bills on time, you don't cheat on your taxes, you remain ethical, if you are loving when other people are hateful, man, if you will share the gospel and stand firm in the middle of that, You stand out like a like a bright light on a shining hill, right? Here here we are. I am a representative of Christ. That takes courage. Will you take the courage to have integrity? But just be aware of this: if you start to renounce shameful, disgraceful, worldly ways, some in this world will renounce you. Look at the next verse. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So there are some people who just cannot see the truth of God's love because the God of this age, which is Satan, has blinded their eyes. And sometimes you look at people and you wonder, how how could they hear that message or that testimony? How how could they go through that experience or be raised in that home and not be persuaded to be Christians? How is that possible? Well, it's because Satan, the God of this age, has blinded their eyes, has kept them in the dark, has hidden the truth from them. In fact, they're so enamored by this world and what the world has to offer them, they're not interested in the light. In fact, uh, instead of being attracted to the light, they're repulsed by the light, they resent the light. Many of them in the world, they ended up killing Jesus, the light of the world, to try to extinguish the light. They'll look at Christians, they'll try to marginalize Christians, get out of the way. They'll look for a way to shame you so that you might be silenced. Why? Because they love remaining in the dark. They, they do not want to see the light. A bright light hurts the eyes of those who are asleep. Jesus said this. He said, and this is the judgment, the light has come into the world, and that would be himself. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. They don't want to change. They love their sin too much. They don't want to be reminded of their sin. Sin and those kinds of things brought up on Facebook, well, let's just go ahead and say, you've broken our community standards. You can't talk about that kind of thing. We don't want to be reminded of sin. Will we be courageous and contend for the truth? And if we're to be courageous, our task is to confidently, consistently, lovingly share the truth so that anybody who's in the dark and honestly seeking to know Jesus can find him. So, what are we going to do? We're going to remain positive, we're going to live lives of integrity. Authentically, third thing, we're going to practice servanthood in a selfish world. Practice servanthood in a selfish world. You go on to verse five. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Our world is so used to everybody kind of looking out for number one, looking out for themselves, that when you begin to put others first, boy, it stands out. Once again, if you'll become an authentic servant, just as Jesus Christ did, just as Christ, who we're told, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. He took the form of a man. He became humble as a servant, giving up his life for us. And with Christ, the light of life in us, the very same call is for you and me, not to put ourselves ahead of anybody else, but to begin to look at others and putting their needs above our own. Again, our theme verse, verse six. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And I think what impresses the world more than sermons, more than music, more than programs, more than new buildings, is when we love those who are around us. When we lovingly care for others. That's that's why we do things like Team World Vision, where we, we provide clean water for others in Jesus' name. It's why we would you know, engage the city and get outside of these walls and not just think about ourselves and care for our own needs. It's why we would support a food pantry and get clothes and coats and school supplies for kids in our community. It's why we heavily support the Hope Center Indy. It's why we would put up church buildings in some of the darkest places on this planet so that other people can know the good news of Jesus Christ, have their needs met, all of it done in Jesus' name. We're gonna stay positive. This is how we get courage. We're gonna stay positive. We're gonna have integrity. We're gonna serve others. And finally, if we're gonna courageously let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us, we're gonna maintain transparency in the midst of a phony world. We have a phony world that continues to pretend, but that is not our call. Verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. People wear masks and people pretend. They wear masks to be prettier, to seem smarter, to be more influential, to be more confident, to appear to be virtuous. Christians can be phony too. We can pretend. We can put up masks and we pretend that we're more spiritual than we really are. And I think the motive behind that could be pure. Like we're trying to make sure that we're not detracting from Christ. Like if people knew my weaknesses, if they knew my challenges, if they knew that I wasn't perfect and I didn't have it all together, well then I would detract from Christ in some way. But actually, I think there's few things that are more compelling than somebody who is actually authentic and humble enough to say, I've got weaknesses. I've got challenges in my own life. That's why I'll gladly remind you of The fact that your pastor is a jar of clay, like jars of clay, they're very breakable. That there's moments in my life where I have anxiety and I have fear and I'm prideful and we have to admit that. We just need to admit when we have these weaknesses and imperfections. But watch this. Just admitting that you're weak and having imperfections is not an excuse not to repent. Admitting weaknesses and repenting are two different things. It's one thing to know that I'm, I could have fear or I'm prideful. It's a whole nother thing, uh, not just to simply say that I have that, but the call then is to repent. The call is to be transformed and changed by the Spirit of God so that I'm no longer moving in that direction, but I'm becoming more and more holy as he is holy. People are not attracted to Christians who are phony. You don't need to put me on a pedestal. I'll fall off that pedestal. I'll shatter in pieces. What we need to remind people is we're just going to go ahead and put Jesus Christ on that pedestal. Remind people that we are weak, but Christ is strong, and we are jars of clay, but we have this treasure, Jesus, in us. And the more that we just simply reveal these, these things that are happening in our lives that are good and glorious, that's Christ. It's not me. It's his work in my life. I'm a work in progress. The more people are drawn to an authentic, transparent Christ It's not an excuse to sin or to sin more so that he looks better. Paul addressed that in Romans 6, verse 1, right? What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? That'd be ridiculous. He says, by no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? How can we who who put that away and have been transformed by his spirit keep going back to that sin? We want to be changed and transformed. Think about it this way. Imagine a window maybe on a car or in your house, and it's all smudged up. It's got mud and dirt. The light of the sun does not shine through that window as clearly as if that window were cleaned. So it's one thing to say, my window's messed up. (laughs) I've got some weaknesses in my life and I've got challenges. It's not enough to remain there. I must come before God and repent of those things that are sin in my life and ask him to cleanse me, to wash me, because the light of the sun always shines better through a transparent, transformed window. And that is the call of Christ on your life and mine. So that people will be reminded not to be attracted to us, but to be attracted to Christ. Transparent. We are jars of clay. We are feeble. We are imperfect. But inside we have this invaluable treasure, which is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one who can bring forgiveness and healing and purpose and salvation and eternal life. It's only through him. His life will shine through you brightly if you will remain positive, serving others, being transparent in a phony world. And if you are willing to have the kind of integrity that you need, living that kind of life Living that kind of life is what brings us courage in a dark world and begins to transform and change the world around us. None of that will happen if you don't have Christ. None of the things that we talked about will truly take place for transformation unless you have Christ. And you will be doomed to continue to pretend to wear a mask to go with the flow of whatever is happening in this culture to one day be overwhelmed by fear to ultimately remain in the dark and in spiritual death Christ is the answer let's pray Father for all of us we just recognize the fact that man We can't get through this life on our own. I mean, we can try and we can try to pull ourselves up and work hard and pretend like things aren't so bad and really shove down our own sin and weaknesses and relabel it and do whatever we might try to do in our own strength. But apart from you, we can do nothing. Apart from you, we do not have salvation. And so Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, so that we might have our sin cleansed, washed, so that we might be made new, so their lives would be transparent, not so that people would see us, but they would see Christ in us, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. And so for anybody in this room or anybody watching in this moment that is far from you, the only way, Lord, in this moment for them to find you is for you to lift the blinders off their eyes, to share the light and the love of Christ in the middle of their darkness. Would you awaken them, Lord? Lord, Would you remind them of their need in this moment? Lord, I pray that they wouldn't just simply say, I have problems, but that they would repent. I am a sinner and I need a savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in my place. Thank you for taking all of my sin, all of my shame, and my spiritually dead soul and breathing life into me through your spirit. I thank you that you rose from the dead. I make you my Lord. I make you my savior. I wanna follow you. Fill me with hope and life and courage once again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just encourage you, if, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you're online as well, get in touch with us. Talk to one of the pastors on staff. Talk to another believer that you know. We wanna help you with the next steps. Get in touch with me online through my email or give us a call here. I wanna help you with that. All right, God bless you all. We'll see you next week.